welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Everhart from Restoration Ministries. This week, we look into a Celebrate Recovery step study program titled The Journey Begins. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a Christian 12-step program. Uh, the step study series is a 26-lesson um, deep dive into the steps. We kind of take the steps and and tear them apart and put them under the microscope and take a look at how they can better apply to our hurts, habits, and hangups in life. Um, this is not a replacement for face-to-face meetings, so please go to your local Celebrate Recovery meeting and get involved in a face-to-face step study. Trust me, it will change your life. You will hear me say that over and over throughout this teaching series. So you can go to CelebrateRecovery.org and do a search in your area, and you will find a Celebrate Recovery in your area. They are literally everywhere. There's thousands of those uh, operating in churches all over the country. So uh, make sure you strap in and hold on because this is going to be a wild ride. It's going to get bumpy, it's going to be clumsy, and it's going to be uncomfortable at times. But the benefits far outweigh the discomfort that we deal with as we look inside the mirror of God's Word and our behavior. So you do not want to miss a second of this teaching series. Hi, I want to talk to you for a second about my company, COP Audio. COP Audio has been a leader in the Mid-Atlantic since about the mid-90s with all forms of production work, um, both inside the church and outside the church. Uh, We're well known for our mobile audio services and production services for live concerts and festivals. Um, But we also have just as rich of a history inside the church scene. Uh, Church production has definitely been a passion of mine since... I became a, a Christian in 1994. Um, I have worn many hats during this time inside of um, you know the church scene. You know things like having to be light designer and video producer, teacher, you know training staff, uh, been tech director at a couple different churches. Um, it's something that I've always been very passionate about, and genuinely felt like it was part of my Christian ministry. Um, I've trained personally dozens and dozens of tech people and tech staff uh, throughout the mid-Atlantic. I've traveled around and done uh, sound reinforcement workshops and AV workshops um, on site with the church tech teams that I'm working with, trying to help them to get the best out of the systems that they have in place. So, you know, give us a call, check us out. Uh, We'd love to help out your church. We'd love to maybe even talk to you about uh, doing a system upgrade or an install Um, Maybe you just need someone to come in and make sense of the gear that you have. That's my specialty, you know, and I've been doing that for many, many years. So uh, check us out online at copaudio.com. That's copaudio.com. Be sure to check out and like our Facebook page, COP Audio. Just search COP Audio on Facebook. Uh, Be sure to read our reviews on the Facebook page. There's a lot of reviews on there from our clients and, um, I think it'll give you some some perspective on who we are as a company. So again, online, copaudio.com, copaudio.com. And just like that, we are back. Um, Boy, it has been been quite a struggle trying to get back to the microphone. Um, Let me tell you something, guys. I have taught this 
you know, I, I don't know. I probably taught it four or five, six times or something like that. Uh, I've taken the class myself, um, I don't know, two or three times or something like that. Every time I get to the inventory part of this program, it never fails. The enemy is so ticked off that, um, you know, we're going to dive into a section of this program that gets us free of his grip, his lies, and his manipulation that he just throws everything in the kitchen sink at me. It's It never fails. I've never been through this program, not one time that um, when I got to inventory that the whole world didn't come crashing down around me and, and uh, I get distracted in about 38 different ways. So, you know, <laughs> that's why it's kind of taken me a little bit of time to get back to this lesson. Um, plus, you know, like I said, I've been trying to slow the program down just a little bit during the recovery process or during the inventory process, um, you know, just so you got time to, you know, maybe work some of this stuff that I was talking about and, uh, you know, download the uh, inventory worksheet, maybe take a look at that and work through that. Uh, today, we're going to keep doing that. Um Today we begin the first of two lessons in which we will take a look at uh, spiritual inventory using a spiritual evaluation that uh, Pastor Rick Warren developed for this step, step four. Uh, we are in principle four and step four. Principle four says, openly examine and confess my faults to myself, to God, and to someone I trust. Uh, happier the pure in heart, Matthew 5, 8. And then step four is we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Um, and then the scripture that supports that's from Lamentations 3.40, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So uh, principle four is the process of coming clean where you openly examine and confess your faults to yourself, to God, and to another person you can trust. Again, this is super crazy important to be doing this with a sponsor um, and uh, have a, an accountability team surrounding you that you can reach out to. Um, most of us don't like to look within ourselves the same way we don't like to open mail that we know has bad news for us. Um, <laughs> every time I get the mail, it seems like it's always bills. And I hate opening those letters because I know what's in there. And um, the funny thing about inventory is the well usually goes way deeper than what we can even see. You know, that is the beauty of inventory is that it's just not about the things that we know we're going to have to face. It's about a whole bunch of other stuff we didn't realize was jacking us up. Uh, but remember what we talked about in lesson nine, you need to keep your uh, inventory or your evaluation of yourself balanced. It needs to include good and bad things within you. I'll refer you back to a uh, podcast I did before I started this step study uh, teaching series called uh, Heroes and Villains. Yeah, that is a, uh, a good podcast to maybe listen to during this time where I'm just basically talking about how there are both heroes and villains living within us, and we have to uh, you know, balance out our view of ourselves you know, by looking at that. So let's take a look at how we're going to unpack this stuff. Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says, Search me, O God, know my heart, test my thoughts, point out anything you find in me that makes you sad, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. The following list gives you some additional shortcomings or sins that can prevent God from working effectively in our lives. Reading through it and searching your heart will help you get you started in this inventory process. Um, yeah, 
you know, a lot of this stuff is just kind of getting in the way of, you know, the good that God's trying to do in our lives, you know, so that's basically what that's trying to say. Number one, relationships with others. Uh, forgive us our sins just as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. This is from the Lord's Prayer. Uh, don't bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, Matthew 6, 12, and 13. So here's some questions you got to ask yourself. You're going to hear me talk a lot about this asking yourself questions thing. You know, if any you guys that know me, you know, in my personal life, you know I'm someone who harps on that all the time about asking yourself tough questions and how that process of doing that can really, you know, open the door of enlightenment as to what's really going on in our life. So uh, uh, who has hurt you? Against whom have you been holding a grudge? Against whom are you seeking revenge? Are you jealous of someone else? The people who you name in these areas should go in column one of your Celebrate Recovery Principle 4 inventory worksheet. Uh, Who have you hurt? Who have you criticized or gossiped about? Have you justified your bad attitude by saying it is their quote-unquote fault? People you name in these areas will go in column five of your Celebrate Recovery, Principle 4, Inventory Worksheet. And then priorities in life. Matthew 6.33 tells us uh, he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. After accepting Jesus Christ, in what areas of your life are you still not putting God first? That's a, that's a tough one. That comes back to turning over our will to God. Let me read that again. After accepting Jesus Christ, in what areas of your life are you still not putting God first? What areas are you still holding on to? Are you still, you know, like, look, you can have all this other stuff, but you know, this thing here I'm still trying to figure out. What in your past is interfering with you doing God's will? Your ambition? Pleasures, job, hobbies, money, friendship, personal goals, all those things can get in the way of, you know, you kind of just submitting to God's will in your life. Next is attitude. Ephesians 4.31 tells us, get rid of all bitterness, passion, and anger. No more shouting or insults. No more hateful feelings of any sort. And I will direct that toward all my married couples. <laughs> Make sure you're approaching each other in love and kindness, even when they drive you crazy because you asked them to take the trash out 16 times and they didn't do it. Have you always complained about your circumstances? Here's more questions we need to ask ourselves while we're picking at the scabs here. In what areas of your life are you ungrateful? Have you gotten angry or easy, easily blown up at people? Yeah, that's me. I'm raising my hand as we speak. Uh, have you been sarcastic? Yes, I'm sarcastic way too much and usually hides a whole bunch of passive-aggressive negativity that I'm too you know, chicken to actually bring to the table. So some of us hide behind sarcasm that way. I'll probably do a whole other podcast on that idea. I may make a note of that and re- revisit it later in the season. In what of your past... What in your past, see if I can speak the English language would be good here. What in your past is causing you fear or anxiety? That's a gigantic one. A question, this is a question that I ask my sponsees pretty much on a regular basis. What are you afraid of? What are you angry about? Uh, What do you feel like is missing in your life? You know, what brings you anxiety? You know, those are all things that uh, 
that can really, you know, get our mind stirred up and get us thinking in, in a direction of um, exposing things that are getting in the way. That's the whole idea behind this. Integrity is the next section here. Do not lie to each other. You have left your old sinful life and the things you did before. Colossians 3, 9. In what past dealings were you dishonest? Man, that's a tough one for us business owners, you know. Um, I pride myself on being a man of integrity and, and being, you know, straight up and forthright. But there's there's been some warts in there, too, you know, that I probably, you know, shouldn't have, you know, fluffed up, you know, what I do as much as I did trying to sell my services. And, you know, all that stuff kind of comes back to, you know, Back to this idea of you know godly conviction, feeling bad about what you've done, and, and going to the throne of grace and getting healing and restoration. Thankfully, all that stuff is under the blood now, you know, and it doesn't control me. And guilt and shame isn't you know jacking up my life. Um, have you stolen things? Yeah, there's a big one. Have you exaggerated to make yourself look better? That's what I was just talking about. You know, in what areas of your past have you used false humility? Oh yeah. You let that one sink in for a minute. That'll definitely bring some things to the surface. Have you lived one way in front of your Christian friends and another way at home or at work? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we all tend to inadvertently, and I mean, I am a guy who tries really, really hard to be just the same JR no matter what environment I'm in. But it is hard. There's so much you know, subconscious, involuntary DNA-based behavior that just bubbles to the surface in me in different environments. And it drives me nuts because I'm genuinely trying to be, you know, a man of integrity and a Christian and, and trying to be somebody God's glory can shine through. And I still find myself acting one way in church and around my Christian friends and another way at work around all my music business people. It's not like I'm not trying. It's just kind of the way it goes, you know. Have you memorized Isaiah 118? This is one of my favorite scriptures. I'd say number two, my second favorite scripture, my first one being Romans 8.1. But this would be my second favorite scripture in the whole Bible. Isaiah 118. Come, let's talk this over, says the Lord. No matter how deep the stain of your sins, I can take it out and make you as clean as freshly fallen snow. Even if you're stained as red as crimson, I can make you white as wool. I love that idea how God is saying, look, dude, don't get all jacked up about what's going on here. Just come to the table. Can we please just sit down and talk about this and give me an opportunity to help you sort some of this out and bring people into your life that can point you in the right direction and... You know, let's figure this out, man. You know, God is not the pissed off old man sitting on a on a throne in heaven, you know, looking to squish everybody who fails him, because guess what? We all fail him. You know, we're only justified through, you know, Christ Jesus. You know, that is that's it. It's not by our behavior. It's not because we were good little boys and girls. God loves us because of what Jesus did for us. He sees us through the blood of Jesus. And he also sees who we're trying to become. He sees the intentions of our heart. We got to remember that stuff. We got to remember God is not a workaholic, emotionally unavailable father. He's always emotionally available and he's always, you know, they're eager to hear you talk. Yeah, you know, that that comes back to the whole identity of God thing that you, I have talked about numerous times throughout the the three seasons of this podcast. Um we tend to want to recreate God in our image. 
and make him as petty and vindictive as what we are to each other. And that's not who God is. God very much cares about everything that's going on in your life. And he wants to be part of all that. The only thing keeping him from being part of it is you. Okay, so then we just dive directly into our questions here. And there's a whole boatload of questions. So I'm going to kind of just, you know, rock through this like it's $29.99 here. And uh, not going to spend an enormous amount of time on the answers. Uh, If you're following along and taking notes, you know, I will pause after each question. So you can, you know, pause the... uh, the uh, podcast and write it down and work out your inventory. As we go through this, uh, question number one, and there's subsections to each question, so just hang on for the ride here. The first section is about relationship with others. So it's going to review some of the questions that it was just asking us in the lesson and going to give you an opportunity to write about it. And I would highly suggest that you do this because this is where the rubber meets the road, guys. Who has hurt you? Go as far back as you can. How did they specifically hurt you? Name those people and and name how they specifically hurt you. Next, who are you holding a grudge against or seeking revenge with? Who are you jealous of, past or present? And why are you jealous of them? Who have you hurt, and how did you hurt them? This was a tough one for me because I had to list somebody that I I betrayed in my past, and this person just recently died within the last year. Uh, I did make amends with the guy. He did not accept my amends, and that's okay. That's you know that's not how amends you know works. We're just trying to come clean, but it really breaks my heart that he passed away before. You know, I had an opportunity to maybe possibly, you know, really just get things okay with the guy, you know, but that's life, guys. None of us are promised tomorrow. Um, The next question is, uh, who have you been critical of or gossiped about and why? How have you attempted to place the blame on someone else? Be specific. What new healthy relationships have you developed since you have been in recovery? That's very cool. You need to take an inventory of the people that is now your inner circle. You know, and I got to, I got to just comment on that for a second because God's showing me something here. Uh, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, a, a guy that I just recently started mentoring and he was, he's sick of being sick and he's sick of being in a situation and it's, it's a mess. And he's dug himself into a pretty deep hole. And the only way he's going to get out is one step at a time. But, you know, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to stop hanging around, you know, his, his old, you know, drinking buddies or drug buddies or whatever the case is. There's this toxic, dysfunctional group of friends. And, you know, he's, he's being very resistant to a change of social environment. And, um, you know, that's not going to work, you know, and I will quietly fade into the sunset, you know, with people like that, because if they're not serious about what they're, what they're asking, they want to happen in their life, then, and you don't want to respond to the things I'm telling you to do, 
then you're just wasting my time. You know, I'm not being, uh, you know, ungrateful, you know, or ungraceful, you know, or not showing them the proper mercy that should be in place because I am volunteering my time to help them and speak into their life. But if you don't want to hear my advice and you don't want to respond to the, the healthy coping mechanisms I'm trying to build in your life, then you're going to just continue to be toxic and you're going to continue to have those toxic habits that's going to keep dragging you into that ditch. So inventorying the new people that you've brought into your life, the healthy relationships that you've developed since you've been in recovery is very important. It's important to be grateful for those people. You need to show those people respect, love, and honor because they're not getting paid to do this. They're not a paid counselor. They're a volunteer. They're someone who is volunteering to help you. Respect that time. Respect that sacrifice, that labor of love that they are sowing into your life by listening to what they have to say. Yeah, I'll just leave you with that. The next section is priorities in life. What areas of your life have you been able to turn over to your higher power, Jesus Christ? Uh, You should be listing your compulsive behaviors and addictions in that. What areas of your life have you been able to turn over to your higher power, Jesus Christ? After acting on principle three, in what areas of your life are you still not putting God first and why? What in your past is keeping you from seeking and following God's will for your life? What in your past is keeping you from seeking and following God's will for your life? That might be some church hurt. You might be all up on the church suffer bus, you know. Um, Maybe somebody you worked with who claimed to be a Christian screwed you over in a business deal. Maybe they slept with your wife. Maybe the pastor of the church you were going to slept with your wife. I have heard it all, guys. Nothing will surprise me at this stage of the game. We are living in the last days and nothing is off the table anymore. Nothing surprises me anymore. Uh, maybe you were someone who was maybe sexually abused by a church leader as a kid. Maybe you come out of the Catholic church and there was some of that kind of you know horse business going on there. Um, never forget that that had nothing to do with God. That was man's evil desires playing out against you and you being the victim of that. And believe me, I totally understand what it is to be the victim of um, childhood abuse, sexual, physical, psychological, emotional. I've been through all that junk. So don't let that stuff get in the way of following God's will for your life. That's what the question is trying to pick at there. If there's something in your past that's getting in the way, you need to put it in its proper place. That was not God that did those things to you. God did not approve of those things. Even if the church tried to cover it up and you never had a voice in the situation and you maybe even today are still the victim of that stuff and no one ever believed you. I understand what that's like. That was not God. That had nothing to do with God. God was weeping and was as jacked up over that as what you were. So don't allow that stuff to get in the way of God's will for your life. Next, number the following lists in the order of their personal priorities in your life. And it just gives you a a list of some things here. Career, family, church or CR, Celebrate Recovery Meeting, might be your church. That's how it kind of works for me. Um, Christ. Friendship, 
money and ministry because we're all called to some kind of ministry, even if it's just being an accountability partner to someone you go to CR with. I'll read those again. Career, family, church, Christ, friendships, money, and ministry. And then the next question is, what are your personal goals for the next 90 days? Keep it simple. And this is a a great question to teach us how to uh, start building small, easily achievable goals in our life. Your recovery is stepped out one step at a time. You know, Uh, don't worry about climbing the Mount Everest of your problems. You know, I was uh, talking to a guy the other day who has a Mount Everest of junk he's got to climb over to get where he needs to be in his life. And I'm like, dude, don't get all jacked up over that. You can waste, literally waste years of your life just sitting in one place staring at that mountain and doing nothing about it. Just sitting there being totally intimidated by all the mountain of junk you got to do to get Get your life where you want it. Don't focus on that. Focus on your next right decision. You eat the elephant one bite at a time. So here's a great opportunity to write down some 90-day goals, some things that you want to you know, achieve just in the next 90 days. Number three, section three is attitude. What areas of your life are you thankful for? This, you know, comes into balancing out your recovery. This should bring some some positive things to your recovery or to your inventory. Yeah, what areas of life are you thankful for? In the past, what things have you been ungrateful for? Because that's just as important. What causes you to lose your temper? <laughs> my, my first answer in this was stupid people who can't drive. <laughs> I can hear the amens through the radio. I can hear the amens through your cell phone right there. Um, we joke and talk a lot about road rage in our open share stuff because it seems to be an easily pushed button for all of our anger and our temper issues. But it is it is a serious question. You know, what causes you to lose your temper? Explore into that and it will reveal some things about yourself. Usually will re- reveal some things about fear in your life. Fear is always at the foundation of anger. You know, which in the case of driving, you're afraid of getting in a car wreck and bashing up your $50,000 truck, you know, or maybe getting killed or killing someone else. I mean, yeah, there's fear at the base of that road rage. Um, To whom have you been sarcastic to in the past? Give examples. Yeah, there's way too many of those to list, but uh, I think you get the point there. To whom have you been sarcastic to in the past? Give examples. What in your past are you still worried about? Yeah, there's a big one. That's a big one. Because a lot of us are being controlled today by something that happened yesterday or 10 years ago. We're still stuck in that past event or season of our life where we were either victimized, you know, by someone or we were, you know, the perpetrator victimizing someone else and we can't deal with the guilt and shame of that. Um, yeah. So what in your past are you still worried about? Next How has your attitude improved since you've been in recovery? I hope you say that it's made a 180 because it really should have. The fourth section, integrity. In in the past, how have you exaggerated to make yourself look good? Give examples. I work in the music business. 
all of our marketing is is about exaggerating what's going on. All of our marketing is about fluff, you know, and it it's you know is from the top of the industry to the bottom of the industry. You know, the industry is constantly trying to um, make itself out to be more than it is to make you feel like you're missing something and you want to be part of the next cool thing. So with that comes a lot of false illusion and fluff. So it just kind of is what it is. Uh, for you, that may look differently. You know, you may be, you know, part of narcissism is is doing that. And let me say this, because I've had some guys, uh, I spoke, I don't think I did an entire podcast on it, but I alluded to the whole narcissistic stuff a few episodes ago. Uh, maybe it was the end of last season or something, but it wasn't long ago. And uh, I had a couple people come to me. You know, like, man, I, am I a narcissist? I mean, you know me, Jr. Am I really? Because, I mean, I kind of identify with some of that stuff. And what I need to make clear in that is that we all, every single one of us, have narcissistic tendencies. Some of us have more than others. Some of us hide it better than others. A true narcissist does not know they're a narcissist. They are so self-centered and so self-focused, they genuinely don't believe they're a narcissist. You know, so that's kind of the the compass you use to gauge your level of narcissism. Uh, a true narcissist is always going to push blame on somebody else. They're never going to take responsibility for their actions, and they're always going to play the victim when they can't defend their position. Um, many of us struggle with those traits. But if we're sitting there asking ourselves if we're a narcissist and asking ourselves, if we're blind to those things, chances are you're not a textbook narcissist, but you are dealing with narcissistic tendencies that need to be dealt with because all those narcissistic tendencies are toxic. You know, uh, there's huge amounts of control issues in there. And I think most of us have control issues to some degree or another, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. Next, uh, does your walk as a Christian match your talk? Are your actions the same at recovery meetings, church, home, and work? I kind of spoke to that a little bit there earlier. Next, in what areas of your past have you used false humility to impress someone? Yeah, uh, that can be as simple as, you know, using false humility to impress a woman or to seem, you know, more spiritually deep than you really are. I've seen a whole bunch of people pull the God card on the opposite sex to manipulate them and to, you know, kind of get their attention and, and we, you know, weasel or worm their way in their, into their life. So yeah. What other ways have you used false humility? Have any of your past business dealings been dishonest? Have you ever stolen things? That needs to go into your inventory. And the final question. List the ways you have been able to get out of your denial, distorted or dishonest thinking, and into God's truth. Let me say that again. List the ways you have been able to get out of your denial, distorted or dishonest thinking, and into God's truth. Yeah. And I'll share just a few, because I've got a couple more minutes here. I'll share just a few of my answers to that, because that's a good one. Um... By washing my mind with the word, 
You know, the Bible talks about how we should be washing our mind, our thought life, you know, with the, the water of the Word. You know, the more you read the Bible, the more you expose yourself to Christian teaching, read Christian books and stuff like that, the more your mind will start aligning itself with, you know, God's commands and, and requirements. And it, it then it, you're not white-knuckling it then, you know. Then it's just good behavior and a life of integrity is just a byproduct of that. Yeah. Uh, feeding my spirit. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Again, points right back to the Bible, points right back to Christian teaching. And listen, you know, sometimes I get burnt out on reading the Bible. And when I do, then I just, I podcast a bunch of sermons. I'll get into a Christian book. You know, uh, I love uh, Brennan Manning's writing, C.S. Lewis, you know, guys like that, Chuck Swindoll. Um, I'm trying to think of the stuff off the top of my head. John Cooper from Skillet has a really cool book out right now. You know, that's that's talking about standing in biblical truth. Uh, just went through a book, or actually, I'm in the middle of a book by Amy Bird right now, which is about talking about um, uh, biblical womanhood and manhood. You know, and how that looks in our modern society. That's been super cool. I'm about halfway through that book right now. Um, yeah, all that stuff points. It always points me back to the Word. It always points me back. I even, like, I'm a total Bible geek. So, I mean, I get in, like, the writings of Josephus, you know, a lot of ancient writings. You know, I'm a big fan of apologetics, you know, all that kind of stuff where they're, you know, proving the Bible and the gospel to be true through, you know, archaeological stuff and all kinds of non-biblical historical stuff that points to the Bible being the truth and it being everything that it says it is. Um, another, another way of getting out of denial and into God's truth for me is owning my mistakes. You know, being man enough to say, you know what? I screwed up. You know, I screwed up big time and I, I need to ask you for your forgiveness. And I also need to be somebody who isn't afraid to forgive those that, that screw me over. Cause sometimes it's easier to, you know, beg for mercy from someone else than to give mercy to someone else. Let me say that again. Cause that's a mouthful. Sometimes it's easier to beg for mercy from someone else than it is to apply mercy to someone who has screwed you over or has done you wrong. Uh, Another thing is recognizing the lies that I was living in, you know, starting to identify the lies of the enemy, um, real low-hanging fruit lies that are easy to you know grasp and I think everyone's life is the lies of how you're never worthy you're never good enough no one truly loves you you're never going to be anyone of importance um, no one really gives a rip about you you're too broken to, to ever be truly loved no one's ever going to be able to put up with you those that's all the easy stuff that's all the easy stuff to identify um, operated in our life and <laughs> I know I'm sounding like a broken record, but the more you study the Bible, the more you study Christian teaching and Christian books, the more you will untangle yourself from those lies, and you'll start to adopt the identity of God, which is you are worthy, you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus, and you can do all things through you know, Christ that strengthens you. Uh, another way was staying connected to other believers. Again, you know, revamp your social environment. You know, and it, you might have to push some guys you really love out to arm's length. I mean, that's just the way it goes, guys. This is about, listen, this is about your survival in this world in a positive way. This is about, this is dead serious stuff, guys. This is about you making you a priority in your life. 
And you can't do that if you're codependent trying to fix, you know, some toxic friend of yours that's never going to get better because they don't want to be better. They just want somebody to rub healing salve on them every day. Or if you're someone who's lost in anger or lost in, you know, control issues, you know, and stuff like that, you're never going to get to where you want to be. This is serious stuff. So sometimes you have to push people you genuinely love out the arm's length, out of the inner circle, and you bring people into your inner circle that are healthy and that are challenging you, even if it's uncomfortable, you can hear their heart in their words. If there's been one thing that I have heard repetitively over the last 10 years of sponsoring guys and teaching this program is that I'm kind of a like, tell it like it is sort of guy, but the guys always, the feedback, the reflections I get from them is it never comes off in a judgmental way. And it's because I've done all the stuff I'm usually telling them to stop doing. You know, there's no judgment here. I'm no better than them. I've been where they are. Some days I am where they are right now. I I have bad days just like everybody else. I am far, far from perfect. Far from perfect. But you know what? I'm trying, man. And so are they. So, you know, coupling yourself and attaching yourself to people who aren't afraid to look you in the eye and say, hey, dude, you should really think about what you're doing. There's a situation right now playing out in front of my face. With a guy that I know who, you know, had a track record of some really specific poor decisions that he made in his life, even, you know, got locked up for some of it, and then got out of jail, you know, tried to get his stuff back together and dove right back into the same cesspool he was in before he went to jail. And before he got in that, his friends, the, the the healthy people in his life, were saying, dude, you really need to think about what you're doing because what you're doing does not look good. And, I mean, you don't have a whole lot of credibility because you have a, a criminal record and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. The dude would not listen. He would not listen. And he went right out and did exactly what everybody was afraid he was going to do. And now he's facing jail time again. That breaks my heart, man. I hate to see that. Absolutely hate to see that. But when you push the people out of your life that God sent into your life to keep you on the straight and narrow, that sent into your life to speak wisdom into your life, to have your back, to love you in spite of your shortcomings, and you poop on them and you call them every name in the book and push them out of your life, then don't be mad when you end up in the same dysfunctional mess that you were in before you met them. And then don't you dare stand and try to call them out like they've abandoned you when you're the one pushed them out of your life. When you're the one that said, hey, I, I, you know, what you're saying ain't true and blah, 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 and that's not what's going on. And, and it was exactly what was going on, and everybody knew it. You were just too stupid to see that everybody knew it because you think you were fooling everybody. You weren't fooling anybody. And now, I mean, time will tell because we're still waiting for the court date, but now you may end up having to go back to jail. Again, guys, serious stuff here. This is not a game. You know, we're, we're talking, this is life and death stuff in some cases. It really is. Spiritually, it's life and death no matter how you shake it. You're only as good as the people you run with. My dad used to say, if you run with a dog, don't complain. If you run with the dogs, don't complain when you get fleas. It's the same deal, man. Surround yourself with other strong believers, people that understand your walk, understand your, your your business, and you know really genuinely want to help you get to the next level. 
and you're, you're going to help them. It's just a reciprocal thing, you know? It's not like you're submitting yourself to a bunch of people that's going to be policing your life all the time. Believe me, they do not want to police your life. But if you ask them to speak into your life and, and hold you accountable, and they do that, and then you get mad at them, who's wrong? You are, dude. You are, because you got too much pride to listen to good advice. So now who do you have to blame about you know your situation? Nobody but yourself. It's, it just never ceases to blow my mind. I mean, i got to duct tape my head on my shoulders here sometimes. How people pray and ask God to help them, and God sends people into their life to help them, and because those people don't make them feel warm and fuzzy 24-7, they push them people right out of their life and end up returning right back to the same cesspool they were in before. Like, really? It's just, it's, as you can tell, it's very frustrating. You know, as someone who is trying to love people and trying to step people through recovery, you know, it, it means something to me to see people fail. I hate that. You know, I've, I've stood over too many coffins and, at funerals with young people who overdosed and died. I have sat and watched people get locked up over stupid stuff. That was preventable. That was preventable if they just would have listened. But they chose not to. So you know what? You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Unfortunately, those are the laws of this world. And you can repent, God will love you, and you may spend eternity with him in heaven. But not before you spend you know, 10 to 15 years in prison here on earth because you couldn't follow the laws of the land. Or the people God put in your life to help you kind of keep it together. So I guess I'll step off that soapbox because I was like all up on that. Um, and then finally, giving my physical body what it needs to succeed, exercise, diet, stuff like that. I am right now, as we speak, really struggling with my diet and that sort of stuff. Of course, you know, it's sort of a struggle that never seems to end. But um, at the same time, we have to take care of ourselves and we have to make ourselves a priority. Um, you know, I am someone who is a comfort eater. You know, so I tend to, you know, eat to feel comfortable. You know, unfortunately, I eat to celebrate. I eat when I'm depressed. I eat, I just, any reason to eat. You know, is it flag day? Let's go to dinner. You know, I mean, it's just kind of the way it is, you know. Um, and I'm trying to take better care of myself. And it is hard, man. None of this stuff is easy, guys. None of it is. But it's just, it's just hard. And I get so exhausted and so frustrated and so just emotionally and spiritually wore out from fighting the good fight that I have to take care of myself. I have to take time off. I have to draw boundaries in my life. I have to say no to some work because if I took everything that came in the door, I would go bonkers. I would just run myself right into the ground and end up in the hospital. And it's hard for me to say no because I enjoy everything that I do in life. I enjoy all the work you know, stuff I do, my toil, the Bible calls your career toil. I enjoy my toil. That's an Ecclesiastes thing. Um, and I like to do all kinds of stuff, you know, that comes down, you know, down the pike for me. But I can't do everything, and I can't be everything to everybody. And sometimes that, you know, doesn't make me look like the most loving, concerning person, but at the same time, come walk in my shoes for a while and you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, you know, come over here and, and 
you know, do what I'm doing, live my life, and you'll see that, you know, there needs to be some some downtime, you know, put into things. And we need to take care of ourselves, man. We just do. We need to plan vacations. You know, we need to spend time with friends. We need to laugh. We need to share laughter with our friends. You know, we need to do the things that, that, that make us happy in a healthy way, not toxic behavior. Don't go run into the dope man's house or run into the strip club. You know, do the, the, the healthy things in your life that make you happy. You know, go spend time with friends. Go to the movies with friends. Go to a concert with friends. Go out to dinner with friends. You know, go exercise at the gym with friends. Notice how I'm saying with friends and all that stuff? God didn't call any lone rangers to the faith. We need to be connecting. We are built for connection. We need to be connecting with the good people in our life. And it matters way less that anyone understands that than what it does about you making you a priority. For some of us that are codependent and have control issues, we've given so much of ourselves to everybody else that there's just nothing left for us. We're constantly tired, we're constantly wore out, and we constantly feel like we're just chasing our tail and not getting anywhere. we got to stop that. And the only way you can stop that is by putting boundaries in your life. Being able to say no to some things. Prioritize things that are important. I'm right now trying to make room in my summer schedule, which is absolutely bonkers to do a retreat in Canada with some recovery friends of mine. And I have committed to doing it, and I need to, you know, go get a passport and do some things that I need to do to do that. But it's hard because it's it's right in the middle. It's in August. It's in peak season. And it's just tough. It's tough to do. It's tough for me. You know, it's tough for me to walk away from the money I would make over that week to go spend money at a retreat to set around, you know, a campfire in Canada somewhere singing Kumbaya and talking about our feelings. But you know what? I need that. I really do. (laughs) I need it more than most of you guys realize. So I'm going to have to make that a priority. I'm going to have to say no to some business. I'm going to have to do what I got to do to take care of me. Because if I don't keep my sobriety intact, nothing else matters. Everything in my life is built on my sobriety. And, you know, I struggle just as much as the next guy. And going through this inventory process is very uncomfortable. And it is, it pokes and prods at all the things that make you just want to run. And I, I am a runner. I'm the guy that likes to run from, you know, pain. And I have learned through 10 years of recovery to not run, to just sit and take it because I know it's what's, what's best for me. But that doesn't mean i got to like it, you know, and I, and I don't like it, but I know it's necessary and I submit myself to the process. So you guys pray for me and I will pray for you. Let's close in prayer real quick here now that we're talking about prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we just we thank you. We love you. We appreciate everything that you have done for us. We thank you for not being the overworked, workaholic, emotionally unavailable Father. Thank you for not being that, Lord. Thank you for always being here and being concerned about everything in our life. Thank you that your word says you keep a record of our tears. Thank you that you care about us enough that you sent your only son to die an innocent man on a bloody executional instrument as the cross and die for our sins. Turning that 
instrument of execution into an instrument of hope. Lord, that's so powerful to me to digest intellectually, Lord. How before Jesus crawled on that cross, that just the sight of that struck fear into the people of that community because it was an instrument of execution. And after Christ hung on that cross, that symbol has now become an instrument and a symbol of hope and forgiveness and restoration, healing. Thank you for that, Lord. I don't even have words to express how grateful I am for all that you've done for us, Lord. For never once not forgiving our sin when we come to you running, you know, broken and just in a mess and asking you to forgive us and asking you to restore us. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Thank you for the process of inventory. Thank you for the for celebrate recovery, Lord. Thank you for loving me enough to send people into my life to tell me that I was wrong when I was living wrong. Thank you, Lord. And help me to respect those people and help me to humble myself and listen to their direction in my life. Help me to never push those people out of my life, Lord. But no matter how uncomfortable it is to respect and honor what they're trying to sow into my life, Help me to weigh that advice against your word, Lord, so that there's checks and balances and all that, Lord. You know, help me to always weigh everything that I allow into my mind against your word, Lord. Help me to weigh that against the truth that you have taught us in your word. Taking every thought captive and casting down all the junk that is not from you. I pray against the enemy. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus from my life and from the lives of everyone listening to this podcast. I cancel any assignments you may have against us. I declare freedom and restoration over myself and over the people listening to this podcast. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If you have found value in this podcast, please consider giving to this ministry. The Truth Labyrinth is only one aspect of Restoration Ministries. We raise money regularly for needy people right here in our own community. Just this past Christmas season, we raised over $1,000 for a woman struggling with spinal cancer and was able to bring hope to someone who had lost all hope. Uh, We've bought handicap vans for the disabled. We paid utility bills for single moms. And uh, we've paid for hundreds of casual meals for those who were in need of one-on-one counseling, but uncomfortable with an office environment. Listen, guys, sometimes it's much easier for someone to open up and ask for help over a meal than it is to walk into a counselor's office and lay on a couch. God has and is using Restoration Ministries in ways that break traditional church protocol. I personally believe we have to earn the right to speak into someone's life, and it takes time to build those bridges, many times unraveling years of church hurt and dysfunction. This is what Christian ministry should look like in today's world. God should be glorified through our efforts to help the world around us, but it takes resources to do these things. For years, I've paid for a lot of these things out of my own pocket without hesitation. 
or I've organized a benefit concert or some kind of fundraising campaign to provide these services for the people that God puts in my pathway. I will continue to give to these causes with everything that I have, but I need your support. It takes money and time to produce this podcast. Many hours go into praying over and organizing these messages, not to mention actually recording the messages and all the post-production editing and stuff that needs to happen with that. This ministry isn't about building an empire. It's about connecting hungry hearts with the fruit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I have no aspirations of becoming some wealthy preacher or tycoon ministry leader. I am content with the world that I live in, and my little world is pretty peaceful and satisfying. I definitely don't need the drama that comes along with big ministry and tycoon leadership egos. I'm just trying to make my tiny little piece of the world better. I need your support. So please pray about supporting this ministry financially. I will post links in the notes of this podcast so that you can send your gift online. Next, please subscribe to this podcast and leave a review so others can see what's going on here, especially your five-star reviews. Uh, The more you review us, the higher we rank in search listings, and this allows people to discover us easier. Finally, please pray for this ministry. Pray God will provide for our needs here at the Truth Labyrinth. Pray that God will bring this podcast across the screens of those that need to hear these messages. The Bible tells us that God's ear is upon the lips of the righteous. Guys, He hears our prayers. And we need His constant guidance for each and every podcast and everything that Restoration Ministries does. So pray that He uses this podcast to turn hearts of stone into hearts of flesh, and that his truth will turn those hearts toward his eternal mercy and grace. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. My prayer is that it blessed you and brought you a fresh understanding of our lives in this world and our need for unity in Christ. A brush fire of revival in Jesus Christ is our only hope for satisfaction and true joy as we walk out the human experience that is our day-to-day lives. It's been my sincere honor to be your host today at the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. Be blessed and be a blessing to those around you. Till next time, I leave you with a scripture from Ephesians 6, 23 and 24. Peace be with you, dear brothers and sisters, and may God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you love with faithfulness. May God's grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ.